0: Welcome to the e commerce momentum podcast where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson. Welcome back to the e commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 435. Hey, it's just me. Yes, just me. Can update you about our business uh, the good, the bad, and the really good, um, and some of the bad, but I mean, really good and uh, what's happening um, in, uh, in our business. And kind of a new series I'm kicking off, I'm calling it the 50 plus years of selling. And so, um, and I'll explain it in the episode, but basically I'm, I'm looking to show people at different ages, coming into the business or expanding their business or learning the business. And basically showing you, you can come into business at any age, um, success, really is going to depend on you and the effort and your ability to adapt and change and adjust. A lot of adjusting. So this is definitely a year of adjusting, um, but it's been really pretty cool. So let's get into the podcast. Well, hello, hello, hello. So normally I have someone else that I get to talk to, and it's kind of maybe it's something I hide behind. Um, But in today's episode, I'm going to talk myself. I'm going to talk about 50 plus years of selling new series. I'm kind of kicking off and I'm going to keep it going. Um, looking for people to interview. So if you know somebody and my premise is this, is that, you know, you're going to hear today, I'm 55 years old today as I record this. And we started selling probably in 2005 to make extra money for college for my son. Probably 2008, we got you know, way more intense, and then we've been FBA with Amazon 2011. so we have one of those old early accounts, which is a big advantage, especially now with cash flow being so tight. So my premise is that you can insert yourself based on your age. So I'm 55. I probably got some serious money in 2008. so what's that 12 years ago? So that would put me about 43. So if you're 43 years old and you're saying, hey, when's a good time to start? I would say today because you could be in my position. Now, it's not easy and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. You'd probably be way ahead of me. Um, But it's one of those things that you can do. And so that's the premise I'm taking with this 50 plus years of selling. So my goal is to interview an 18-year-old. I do have a 78-year-old I'm going to interview um, who has a percentage of the revenue sold online and they utilize online for other things. And I think there's something to be learned from him uh, who was a big, he was in retail forever. Um, but it just, just keeps learning. And I think that the way he approaches things um, at 78 is the reason that he, and we've had this discussion, him and I have had this, it's the reason he's still alive. He tells me every time he goes back, he's from Ohio. Every time he goes back to his um, high school reunions they still have them Um, imagine that would be 60 years ago he's like it's the you know more than half the class is dead every time he goes new ones every year and yet this guy will outwork you he outworks me he is so physically strong and he's so mentally strong because he puts in the effort so again i think that i think that this could be a really interesting place if you're going to start today's the day to start because hopefully if you're 43 in five years you could be like the 48-year-old that started at 43, or you could be like me who started at 43, but I'm 55 now. And so, okay, so that's the premise of this. So I'm going to try and follow a format. Um, our backstory, uh, I've been interviewed before on the podcast. You can go back and listen to some of the episodes. Um, I think Andy Slamans came in and interviewed me a couple of times on my own podcast to talk through things. And so you'll hear the story uh, today. Um, we currently, and... In, in, uh, I'm going to go through some of the, the the format that I'm going to use. So, okay, our sales level. So we're a, a lower seven-figure seller. Um, majority of our revenue comes from Amazon. Majority of it is FBA. Now, we have a warehouse. Uh, we have a 26,000 square foot warehouse that I share um, with someone and we have customers in here so warehouse services and i call and podcast services i put in the same bucket um i do make money for my podcast i've been fortunate i've been been doing a long time but on our warehouse uh services uh well over six figures and i would say it is a foundational building block of our business um This week, I turned down a customer, a great customer, and it's no reflection on them. It's just that the return isn't there versus what we could do elsewhere or what it could do to affect our other customers. And so I'm very, very cautious of that. And so if you're ever thinking about getting into the warehouse business, be sure that's what you want to do because... Um, nothing feels as awful when you make a mistake when somebody else's business and absolutely I have, it's awful. I've made a mistake in our own business, you know, we ship in the wrong thing or put the label on the wrong thing. It's awful. But when you do it to somebody else, it's double awful because you know, you're affecting their business and they put their trust in you and you let them down. Um, now we have nine employees here Yeah, nine, including a part-timer. We're looking to hire two more. And when they let somebody down, it doesn't matter. It's still me. You know, the buck stops here, right, as they say. And so very challenging from time to time. Um, We try to exceed, and I hope, I guess I have been uh, fortunate that we've exceeded their expectations so much. When we do make a mistake, there's, there's a level of understanding. And then it's up to us to put a control in place to prevent it from the future. But again, I would caution you if you're thinking about that this is a great way to make money and this and that. Let me just tell you um it is a very difficult uh process uh to keep going every single day you know 5 days a week 52 weeks a year very very challenging and so i just tell you that um be careful with that but fortunately it's a foundation for us um we have a significant ebay business too well over 6 figures um and we have uh our uh, but the way I look at eBay is I, I might have no exaggeration, probably twenty or thirty thousand things to sell. We have five thousand, around five thousand and change live listings, live SKUs, of which we have multiples of many of them. So back in the day, I bought a DVD store, and used to sell them on Amazon. Then you couldn't, so then I still sell them on eBay, and we might have you know thirty of us. Benji is a good one. I have a zillion Benjis. Um, we stay we sell some every so often. We created that listing years ago, and it's kind of a vending machine. I like the vending machine model where you're paying pennies. The storage doesn't cost me anything additional because I already have the space. And every so often one sells. I don't touch the listing. It just automatically renews. I want thousands of those. Um, So last year we shipped 26,000 packages uh, between us Uh, several accounts that we have, um, and customers that we have. None of them FBA. I mean, we've done, you know, hundreds of FBA shipments, I would say. Man, let me think about that. You know, sometimes two or three a week, so 52 weeks. Yeah, maybe, man, I don't want to exaggerate. Maybe 100, between 100 and 150 FBA shipments, some of them large, and we ship in by the pallet or we ship in um, uh, by the box where we take boxes to the post office, we have FedEx, we have UPS come in. Um, but we shipped 26,000 packages last year. So you get pretty good at it, um, and it gets overwhelming, um, because this time of year it's, it's overwhelming. If you're new to that, you'll understand that. So that kind of gives you a context of what I call our two foundational things that we do, warehouse services and eBay eBay is a cash flow business because generally all our returns go there. The category we sell in, we get lots of returns. 100% of them go right back out there if they're in selling conditions. All on eBay, we try to recoup our cost and move on. That's our model. And I'm fortunate because my wife handles that now. Um, she's been our big eBay lister uh, since she's come full-time into the business, and I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but she manages that. She picks up our packages. Um, here's a pro tip for you. Uh, We have a UPS store as our business address. Uh, That way, if we move, we step our home address, then we moved, and then it's like, what do you do? So this way, we put it in um, our UPS address. They give you a legal street address, and our packages get there. They send a notification. They can sign for it. They'll receive pallets for us. They have um, just a great relationship. I can't say enough about it, Um, and it's all the way you treat them, so be careful with that. But our stuff gets put away and packaged and locked behind a uh, cage so we don't have to worry about things going wrong. And so it's been a great, great deal. But she goes and picks them up, brings them back, and almost immediately lists them. And then she gets the reward of being kind of like new, because she's only been full-time this year with us, of that, you know, finding something and selling it. Those of you who sell know what that feeling is like. You know, you found it. You listed it and it sells. You're rewarded. She gets that now and that's uh, that's a pretty cool to watch. I mean, it's like watching a little kid sometimes. Um, I remember when that used to be a big deal to me. Unfortunately, you know, I think I think it it's not that I, I'm immune to it, but it, it just it softens over time because you've just done it so many times, so it kind of wrote you know just another thing. So um, I'm gonna move on to my next format. so that's our sales level. Uh, Those two foundational things are how we pay things. Uh, If your account gets shut down, we're fortunate. We can pay, all of us, probably half to two-thirds of our salary between the the foundation that we have. So if our account gets shut down on Amazon where we do the majority of our revenue, we can afford to keep paying our employees. So it's kind of a risk mitigation thing the way I look at it. I'm looking for anything I can do because the hardest part of this business is – you know, being responsible for somebody and then letting them down. Um, to me, that's one of the things that keeps me up at night is not being able to pay our employees. So we work really hard at these this foundational things um, to to ensure that we can continue our business regardless. And we did get shut down recently with a COVID issue, um, plus our Amazon account was shut down. So I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But those things prevent or are preventative Um, Of that and and will help us in the future So if our account gets shut down not if when it gets shut down we can sustain it And we don't have to uh, lose great people because the hardest thing in this business is to find good people You can trust it is a lot harder than you think Um, And we've been very fortunate. We have great people. We've developed over time and um, you know, i'm just very very fortunate so Channels that we sell on so we sell on amazon. That's our main uh, selling its majority of our revenue is Amazon. We do, uh, FBA majority of it. And then we do some merchant fulfilled. We sell on eBay, um, our own account. And then we have another account that I sell someone's for. And that's another foundational, um, Um, item that we get again that comes in as revenue and then really that relationship and this is something you might want to consider is we uh, that person finds the products only expensive stuff I don't want to deal with stuff that's you know $10 items I don't sell them it's expensive stuff and then um, no, I'll talk about the category so most of what they sell are records some Star Wars um, and uh, try to think of some of the other cool stuff some concert stuff very unusual stuff and he knows his records, so he'll bring me very expensive. He bought a record store that was closed in the 80s. Everything was sealed. That stuff sells like gold. I mean, you just can't find it. a lot of rap and a lot of um, just great stuff. Whitney Houston's, the princes of the world, Michael Jackson, all that stuff, and they were all sealed. And so we'll sell that. Now, the way it works is he brings it to us. I'll look through it and make sure it meets the threshold. I'll, I'll literally go through and price it based on eBay sold, so it takes me time. And I'll put dollars amount on each one. And then he'll come in and I'll say, can you sell it for more than this? And more than this, so let's just say it's 30 bucks. At 30 bucks, after eBay fees, plus shipping, we always do plus shipping. So at $30, let's just say 15%, what's that, five bucks, we'll call it, um, they're gonna get around 25, after tax, maybe 20, $23, $22. We get a third of that. Okay, so after fees, after shipping, we get a third is the way the arrangement works. And so, you know, I say to him, hey, can you get more than, you know, 10 or $15 on that? And he'll go, oh, no way, it's a $4 record for me. With well, if I he sell. I'm like, then eBay's the right place. That's kind of the math I do. So I literally go through, he bring me in, you know, 50 of them, stuff that he thinks is good. He researches, in a, believe it or not, in back in those magazine, those big um, catalogs that have records. He still uses one of those um, and, um, um comes up with price that he sees out there in a collector's market then he'll bring it to me I'll make sure it matches and if so and I would say probably 70 80 percent of what he brings me we end up selling the rest of it I just say you could do better on your own or if it's close I'll just say sell it in cash you know because it's a cash sale for him I'm like you make more money that way and so anyway it's been a great relationship because once we list all that stuff you know it's a vending machine I have zero into it other than my time he's a good friend of mine so I like doing it I like helping him. Um, Plus, I learn something every single time. So the arrangement is this. So we pay for the packaging materials. Um, So if we're selling vinyl records, I buy those um, record mailers and then put them in boxes. Uh, We pay for the labels. The postage comes out. So it's his eBay account. I set it up for him. Um, He uh, gives us the product. We take the pictures. We create the listings. We put it up for sale. When it sells, we pull it. We pack it. We ship it. We... Pay for the postage out of his account, and then every so month, or month or two, we square up. And you know, I withdraw a thousand. All goes to his PayPal account. Back then, it's still pay. I think he's still on PayPal. He hasn't gone to manage payments yet, but his PayPal account. And then when he gets his money, he comes and gives us a third. That way, I never handle money. Nobody can ever accuse me of taking anything. I'm not taking advantage because it has to go to him. Um, and we have skin in the game. We have a lot of skin in the game because we created the listings. We took the photos. It's my packaging material. It's my shipping time. It's me bringing it to the post office, one of my employees. So it's a lot of work, but it's a fair trade. And again, it's a foundation. It's another profit stream because it's 100% profit at that point. And we can use it to keep our staff employed. And so I suggest you consider that. So we also sell on Poshmark, although we'll probably give it up pretty soon. We sell shoes on Poshmark. It's it's more waste of time than it's worth. It's it's worse than a uh, flea market to us. You know, if you put up a $100 pair of shoes and you put them up at, you know, 60 bucks, would you take 12? You'll get offers of $12. I'm like, really? This is wasting my time. I'm not interested in selling $12 items. I'm selling something that, you know, was a deal at 60 bucks. They're brand new and yet they want not pay 12. And so I just, it's, it's a time suck. We also sell on Etsy, we have a, a kind of an unusual items stuff that we sell there sometimes hand painted tiles and just really unusual stuff so we sell on etsy um we used to have our own website we don't do that anymore um i'm just trying to think of where else we sell that's pretty much oh in the facebook marketplace we do a lot of facebook marketplace for bigger items um and we um we my son handles that and we split that and so uh big items I i have a big warehouse if any of you been to my warehouse you know what i'm talking about i got a lot of stuff um And last last but not least, I send stuff to auction. I do that a lot. Um, The auctioneer was here last week. He picked up uh, 12 pallets of stuff. And so I'll literally make a decision, not worth it, not worth it, not worth it, send it to auction. What they give us, that's what we get. Now, we also send our clients overflow stuff to auction. And then we split that. So when it comes back, it's 50-50. So if uh, I'm looking at my water bottle, you know, you gave me a pallet of water bottles. They you know, said, hey, these are my returns. Can you take them? Sure, I'll take them back, whatever. We then receive them at my UPS store. So then I got to go haul them back here, bring them here. We got to open the boxes, make sure they're not broken or dented or whatever. And if we're using water bottles, example. Then we repackage and then we send it to auction. Now I got to palletize it. I got to shrink wrap it. Got to coordinate with the guy. He comes and gets it. Boom, they sell it. They take their fees, whatever the net check is. We split it 50-50. That's been the arrangement I have with a couple of clients, and it's worked well. It's, it's not a huge amount of money. None of this stuff is, but when you cumulatively um, add it up, our goal, again, is A, to get it out of here, but B, to make sure we have the income to pay our employees. We could take a pay cut, me, my wife, or my son, we could afford to take a pay cut, but our staff, you know, they're relying on us, and it's a lot of responsibility, you know, and if you're not looking for responsibility, don't add staff. Okay, so that's where we sell. Um, our business structure. Now, we are an S-corp. Uh, we went S-corp, I don't know how many years ago, but, you know, there's a huge, and I'm not giving advice, um, but there is a huge advantage, in our case there was, of um, being an S-corp. Um, and we saved, I think, nine or $10,000 that year. Talk to your CPA and your local CPA or somebody that you use. We have nine employees, including myself, my wife, and my son, um, we uh, are looking to add two more. Now, one thing I should qualify, we we have clients that we actually do support for. So not only do we ship for them and, you know, handle their inventory and, and receive and do merchant fulfill for them and all that jazz. We actually do customer service, U.S. customer service and tech support. So uh, my warehouse is divided into sections. Two, two big, I think it's 13,000 square feet are heated and I actually have cubicles. I bought cubicles uh, a great deal. If you're going to buy cubicles, go to Facebook marketplace. You'll be blown away with what you can get, but I actually have cubicles in my warehouse. I have them in two different offices, and then I have them out in the warehouse space um, where my tech guys can take calls from customers um, and handle things. Um, They also then ship spare parts. We ship... uh, 30 to 50 boxes, of, man, more than that now. Jesus, they make, they've they gotten so big, more than that now. But every single week, probably 75 boxes a week of spare parts every single week. And so, um, you know, they've got to talk to the customer, figure out what's wrong, find that part, uh, let's call it a lawnmower, find that lawnmower part, talk them through how to change it, send them a new one, boom, answer any calls or questions if you have, you know, call back, that kind of thing. But then to pull the part, pack it, ship it. You know, it's a lot of work, and we do that five days a week. Um, we ship on eBay six days a week, and on Sunday, we usually pull our orders. But that other company, we just do that five days a week. But that's uh, from eight to four, and I have five techs. Um, so five people, in, well, one, two, yeah, five, including myself, who can handle technical calls, and I do. We all do. Um, again, <clears throat> not recommending it for everybody, but it's a foundational um, part of our business, And those guys, I can keep them employed. And so I want to talk about that for a 2nd pull back and talk about a recent example. So we have, you know, COVID's going on, and we had one of our guys uh, tested positive. Now, we didn't know it. So it was a Friday. We're unloading a container. If you ever unloaded a shipping container from China, this particular one wasn't too bad, but it takes a couple hours, six, seven people. We manually unload it by hand because they floor load it. So we're bringing it in, we're rolling down the conveyor, and I'm on the forklift, and I hear my son say, Oh, you better tell my dad. Now, as a father, that's never a good thing. Nobody ever says, Hey, you better tell my dad. And they're like, He won the lottery. He did No, it's always a problem. And I'm like, "Uh, Tell me what? (laughs) You know, panicking my voice. All the fathers right now i have heard this are panicking. And he said, "Hey, my girlfriend tested, or is not well, can't taste or smell, and has a fever." Or she didn't. He didn't say she has a fever. He says she's not feeling well, hasn't for a few days. I'm like, "Oh God!" I'm like, "Does she have a fever?" And he goes, "I don't know." Okay, so that was a Friday. So we unloaded container. Meanwhile, there's three people standing next to him. You know, because it's you know you've been at, you've seen the back of a tractor trailer. That's a shipping container style, and they're in there unloading, sweating, breathing. Breathing in that dripping water from the top of the, that's always in those containers from the sea, you know, it just, well, so that was a Friday, Sunday, I get a message saying my girlfriend and I both don't feel well. We went and got tested for COVID. This was a Sunday. I'm like, oh no. So fast forward, I said, okay, guess what? Don't come into work on Monday, please. Okay. Stay home. But here's the good news. Work from home. You can answer customer calls, handle tech calls, place orders all from the comfort of your home. And so all my tech guys um, can handle that. Now, we're looking at a snowstorm. Same example. I'm like, none of you guys are coming in. Uh, Two of them live close to the warehouse. They can walk here and handle shipping. The other ones are going to stay home and handle tech and customer service questions that's foundational. I can keep them employed because that work has to get done. Yeah, it's not going to be great having them work from home. They won't be as productive. But if they handle all the calls, the other people that are here can be that much more productive, if that makes sense. So that's my strategy for that stuff. The other... Um, uh, two employees are taking ebay stuff home to list so literally uh, today because the storm's coming they filled their cars with stuff to take home and they can go home and create listings and do all that stuff while they're at home they don't have to take photos i don't care if they can create 100 listings and when they do come in a day or two days later take the pictures finish the listings and move on um to me that's again foundation and what i say to them look uh, times are great. Let's enjoy it. But remember when it sucks. And there, here's an example when it sucks. We had to all go get tested for this COVID thing. It was, it was, a, it was a big issue. But we can push through it because we have this foundation um, in place. And so I recommend to you to think about what, what your business, you know, especially if you have employees, how are you going to – the continuity, continuity. – We used to call it uh, business continuity insurance we used to have. Um, Well, I don't think small businesses like ours have that. This is my way of handling. Or If we got a bunch of money in the bank, that could also back it up. But if you can find some way to make sure that your business can continue to go uh, like FBA while you're away at the beach, right? That's the best part about that. Well, what happens if you can't send FBA in? What can you do? And so for us, this really works. And if you have the space, you know, getting a client. But... Charging a premium, but giving a premium service, I think, is a smart way that you can uh, make sure that you don't lose those key people because good people are so hard to find and so hard to keep. So that's my, my rant on that. Um, and so uh, that's what we have. Uh, let's see. So why are we using that structure? It was a, it was a tax, uh, piece of tax, uh, savings. Um, so we have that structure, um, and we were just a regular sole proprietor for a long time. Um, and, uh, we moved to that and it's been, a, it's been great. I mean, it's not very much, uh, paperwork. We, we do, I don't, I have an accounting degree, but I don't do my own taxes. Uh, I do do our profit and loss and all that kind of jazz, but then we submit the files and they can sign right into QuickBooks for us. Um, and they do all our uh, tax stuff. They also handle our payroll. Uh, We do monthly payroll, uh, always have, don't wanna change it. Um, and we do offer health insurance to our employees, um, which we pay 60%. So if you're ever wondering what most companies pay, 60% is what we pay. Um, it is based on your age in our state. I don't know if it's like that in every state, but you know, it's pretty expensive, but in the grand scheme of things, good people are hard to find when you can come into my town and there's five Amazon warehouses and you can get a job for $28 an hour working in a warehouse. Expensive is relative, um, and that's the that's the truth. I just saw Chewy. We also have that Chewy company is in the next town over, and they're starting twenty one dollars an hour. Now, I think you have to work nights, and you have to be forklift certified or whatever. But so what? I mean, so you got to compete against that. So having health insurance to me is just critical. Uh, where do I plan on taking our structure? Or you know, uh, employees? We plan on adding two more. We want another buyer, and we want another prep processing person. Uh, We're also looking at another tech um, to handle inventory, because inventory for us is very difficult to manage when you have uh, a lot of companies with a lot of SKUs, a lot of spare parts, and you're required to count their inventory every single month and give them accurate numbers. That is an art. (laughs) It's not a science, it's an art, because there's so many moving pieces. Um, So that's that's what we plan on doing. Um, Inventory management is the next section I want to talk about. Um, So we did start working out of our house. My wife will describe, if you ever at a conference, spend some time, she'll describe what I did with our basement. Literally, I started buying and next thing you know, it was completely full. And those of you buyers who love to buy can relate to that. Now, we were way big eBay back then um, and Amazon merchant fulfilled books, right? We started with Amazon with books like a lot of people. So we had shelves. I still have shelves of books, um, all alphabetized by author, pro tip. Um, so, We then moved into a warehouse. So I would buy, this was the way I used to do things. Back, this was years ago, oh gosh, probably 2000, maybe 2000, no, it can't be 2010 maybe or so, 2011, 12, you could send anything to Amazon. We used to buy stuff and send it in. So I would buy, I bought three DVD stores. I bought a toy store, I bought a cake pan store, I bought a hobby shop, I bought, um Two toy stores, if I didn't say that already. Um, what else did I buy? But I would go in and buy all their inventory, um, office supply store. I would buy their inventory, send it all to Amazon. That was the goal. And whatever didn't go, it would go to eBay in theory, but some of that's still in my warehouse. I've been hauling it around um, and uh, I still have it. But I would buy this toy. I remember buying this toy store, literally saying to my wife, hey, you can't pull in the garage um don't know op- you know you can open the door but just don't try to pull in you know i had to warn her because her habit is just she would open the door and just pull in and she would have ran into these pallets of toys that were everywhere and so um that was our model for a long time and then i went and got a warehouse and um i say this and i it's a god's honest truth it is the best thing you can do for your marriage if you're getting into this situation where you're filling up the house get a warehouse they're not that expensive um, when you when you really think about what you need, um, you know, in our town right now, a whole bunch of storefronts are closed because of COVID. Well, if the zoning's correct, and again, be careful, um, you could get a storefront and use. You know, don't even put anything in the store. From Put paper up in the window and then use it as a warehouse um, if you need to. Very inexpensive. I mean, I see some of these things for $400 a month. And I'm thinking for $400 a month, the marriage saving, the marriage counselor will cost you a heck of a lot more than that. So spend that money, get out of get that inventory out of the house and start getting more professional. So that was uh, what we did. And it wasn't great, um, but I bought my shelving. I bought it all used. Um, I had a friend uh, help me buy it. Uh, We were buying from uh, Fashion Bug. We'd buy all their backroom shelving. Um, And, man, I had that stuff. And then i label them. I do uh, their uh, two-foot by four-foot shelves, pretty standard shelving that you'll see in the backroom of any retail. I gridded them off um, into an A, B, C, D, one-by-one-foot boxes, 12-inch by 12-inch. And, um, then I numbered the shelves and then I would put in my listings, all my eBay listings back then, all the shelving numbers and the location codes. And so we would grow and grow and grow. We added a VA back then from the Philippines and then a second, and they listed eBay for us. And we were listing a couple hundred listings a week. And that's how we scaled to over 5,000. And we stayed over there because we list that many now. Um, but that was great. and I mean, we really did well. And at that point I was still part-time. I was still, uh, I was an, I'm an accountant by trade. I'm retired now, but then I was still full time and I had a pretty big job and just kept going, kept going. And then decided that, you know, uh, enough's enough. I'm not moving. The company wanted to move us. There was no chance. We turned them down, turned them down, turned them down. And then I helped eliminate my job at the company and it's crazy industry, which is super declining. And so I helped eliminate my job. And so I'm so thankful Um, I still see people in my town that I've laid off. It's awful. It makes me feel awful. But that's the reality when you're uh, in finance. That's what you do. And so I retired um, at 52. So, no, 50. 50, 51, somewhere in there. I guess maybe 52. Um, And uh, retired and went home and just did this. Moved our warehouse, found a much bigger location, um, and then partnered up with uh, Andy Slammons on Warehouse Space. And then we've expanded, expanded, expanded. And so now we're at 26,000 square feet. And um, we have really organized it. I mean, you know, there. Are, if you've been to my warehouse, we have shelving everywhere. So those shelving units, I still moved from the other location, but I bought a bunch more. Um, one of the sporting goods places, uh, not Camping World, that guy who bought it, the company Camping World, he bought their company. It was Sporting. Uh, I forget what it was, Sporting Goods Place. I bought all their back room. I mean, it was huge um, and put up that shelving. It's 14 feet high and has shelves everywhere. And I think we have numbered 400 shelves. So imagine 400 shelves with that whole grid on there and it's full of inventory. And then we probably have 50, 60 pallets of stuff still to list on eBay, not on Amazon. Um, we don't buy at eBay much, Anymore, But we still have it. We own it. And there's a lot of value there. So um, we'll get to it, is my theory, over time. Um, But getting in this bigger space has just been wonderful. Now, uh, we signed signed a two-year lease with one-year renewals. um, And it's just been a really good thing. What's included with ours is a forklift, which me, my son... And one of my other employees are all forklift certified. We did get our forklift license. I'll have them back next year when I hire this new person for inventory. I have three new guys. I want to get them all certified uh, because it is a little terrifying um, to have that. But they also include our garbage. So we get the forklift for free, and then we uh, they handle our garbage. Uh, snow plowing, uh, we do not have to pay any of the outside expenses um they did the build out which is great which is fairly expensive if you're going to do it i paid the paint we used um, 90 gallons of paint i paid the painters and i paid for the paint i painted the floors in our offices and carpeted um, new furniture i paid for Uh, but the rest of it they did the build out Um, they split this 13,000 square foot room put a door i put a wall in between insulated it and put a garage door in between and then put heaters in, um, which we run. So we have heat. Uh, we do not have air conditioning. The offices have many splits that have heat and air conditioning. Bathroom has heat and air conditioning. So that's been great for the employees. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have used a 30PL, um, but not anymore. We just don't. Um, mistakes, how do we handle? So we make lots of mistakes. Um, we work our way through them. You know, um, my, my what I say to my staff is this, is that, You know, you can make a mistake on my account. I can live with that. I don't want to make a mistake on someone else's account. Now, we have, and it's awful. And it's awful because a lot of the customers are my friends, and that really hurts. But it's one of those things that you have to coach people through. And if you've you've worked in a job, you've made a mistake, right, and you worked for somebody. Well, they had to put up with that. They had to figure your way through it. And if they didn't fire you, which I would hope they didn't, they helped coach you through that. And that's really become probably the most important part of my job. So we do a morning huddle. This is a routine that we get into every single day. We do a morning huddle so everybody knows what's going on because, again, we have so many moving pieces to our business. But the priorities change. So we have a storm coming. Guess what? Lots of things have changed. Our buyers are buying. Get back here. The weather kicks in. Come home. Don't. Don't. But buy enough because we're not going back out. Unload the vehicles when you get back because if it's heavy snow tomorrow, I don't want to be trudging it through and you might be alone So just trying to plan those things through then the rest of staff We uh, we have a lot of seasonal products we ship so we have to get it done So hey as soon as it's done, let's get it to the post office. post office does not pick up at our place Okay, Uh, so get that done as fast as you can get it out of here. So that way tomorrow There's nothing lagging nothing laying over as I mentioned earlier uh, the eBay people take eBay stuff home so you can work on eBay listings while you're home. Worst case. I mean, if the weather's not bad, come on in. But if it is, that way you can stay there, still be valuable. I can still pay you. The other guys, hey, tech calls, uh, customer service, um, you're going to be working from home, the two that live a little further out. One includes my son. He, he He's probably a mile away from here, but he doesn't have a four-wheel drive. I'm like, just stay home, work from home. Change the order in which we receive our calls. Um, we use Grasshopper, and I think I have a link for Grasshopper if you ever want it. Um, but it works really well, and we can change the order in which calls are received. So those guys should get the brunt of the calls. So the two guys that make it here that live close to the warehouse who are doing the shipping don't have to take a lot of calls. So, again, that morning huddle is where we plan all that, and we do it every single day. I'm not big on meetings. Um, I'm not, I'm, just not, I'm not a big meeting person. I've, I've been in too many in my whole life, and I just don't like them. They usually don't work. Everybody forgets everything. Um, the, other, the other time we do get together is Friday. So if you ever list, see us on Facebook, you'll see we do a Friday warehouse lunch. We do it every single Friday. Usually my wife makes it. Um, or we'll buy it this week. I think it's going to be pizza just because we know the weather's going to be messing us up. We're going to be in a mess. So it might be pizza. And, and those of us who eat salads or something like that, or we're a little keto guys, um, we'll do something like that, but we do it every single Friday. And it gives me a chance to have all of us sit together and talk. And we talk for a few minutes, Hey, you know, thanking everyone, you know, for what they've done for us. Cause we're very, very appreciative. Uh, but also giving everybody a chance to talk and just to, just to be normal. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time on business, but anything going on, anything you're concerned about, any tools you need. Um, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, but that's really been a really valuable time. That Friday lunch has been just such a great time just for all of us to get together. And so I suggest you do that. And if you do do that, start including me so I can see it. I love to see pictures or videos. Um, I just think it's so cool. Um, I, I just, I saw Todd, um, Todd Ferguson had uh, did, did did one not too long ago, and I love seeing it. I'm like, oh my god, that looks good. And I'm like, hey, to my wife, you should be making that, you know. So uh, those are good ideas. Um, so again, we we do offer benefits for employees. We offer a vacation. We offer um, uh, health insurance. And this coming year, we're going to do our profit sharing, and so we're pretty excited about that. And I think that's going to keep people excited, um, so they can help. Uh, let's see what else. I already said the signs. Our layout is, is pretty interesting. So we have um, uh, tables for uh, RA, because we do RA wholesale. Uh, we do not do private label. Our private label is bundles. So we do our own bundles. We do some, some, some different things, kind of the same as all you guys, nothing different. Um, but we have um, tables where we'll bring all our stuff in. We do our buys by group. So you'll see uh, we were backed up a little. We had 10 buys, and we had to keep them separately. One person handles all our prep. She sorts it and makes sure that the receipts stay with it because the tax, you know, uh, the differences, you know, in pricing has to be accounted for. We use ScanPower, and so we can put all that in, you know, um, and we use um, ScanPower to track our inventory and to do our cost of goods, been using them forever. I was uh, with Paul down in Florida last year, and he's like, "Steve, you're one of our old customers." And uh, I'm like, "I don't know if that's a compliment, but I'll take it as one." Um, and we've been using it forever. And so she'll sort them by by um, um, by, uh, by by that particular date, and so in um, that store, and that pricing level, that receipt will stay with it. I guess that's the best way to say it. Um, we have a shipping station. We have um, computers all throughout the place. We spent ten grand on computers this year. We have a guy who makes them for us custom. Um, Then I buy the monitors, the keyboard. I buy the monitors at Sam's Club. I buy the keyboard and the mice at Walmart. Um, Pretty inexpensive, and they're decent. They're decent enough, they're nice, that clicky-clack. But I buy expensive monitors, big monitors, because... um, that way, they can you know do a lot of screens. Um, you can open up a couple screens on them; they're that big. Uh, but that's been a big help. We do use scan barcode scanners to scan in items, um, and then we have we use Rolo printers. Um, we have one, two, three, four Rolo printers. Probably going to end up getting a fifth one. Um, we, we use Dymo for our FBA, but we've been using them forever. But the Rollos for the shipping labels. Um, and we have a shipping station, we have a photo station, we have two. We use a light um, a light booth, and then we also have a large um, a table with um, that white, uh, I don't know, it's that white board, that shiny white board with big lights over top for bigger items. And so we have that as set up as a photo area right next to our shipping area. Uh, let's see, our computer setup, I think I already explained that. I already said, do we offer services to others? I think I explained all that. Um, Policies and procedures, hours, work. So we have a group of us that come in from 8 to 4, and then we have a group that comes in at 9 to 5. And it rotates depending on, you know, if there's travel involved or whatever. Um, We're pretty flexible with time. You know, somebody has time with their kids, 100%. There is no chance you're not going to be with that kid. That kid needs you. Your kid's sick. you got problems. You better be there because I would be there with mine. So I have the same standard that we have for us. Um, we do bring in telp, temp help, especially for containers. Sometimes I'll bring in one or two people, pay them in cash, um, sometimes three. I've actually brought in three at one time because it just it's enormous. If you have never unloaded a container that's well-packed from China, Um, you can't appreciate how much work it is. And a lot of the stuff we do is oversized. So it's very heavy. Um, then we palletize it. We got to count it. We got to match it against inventory. It's a long time. I just, uh, it's just explaining to someone how long it takes to do the product. 26 hours. Um, we put 26 labor hours to unload their container. Um, this particular one was, uh, six people, three hours, four hours to put it away. And depending on what the inventory, we actually shrink wrap, um, uh, the inventory um, and we have a shrink wrap machine which I'm going to talk about in a little bit too. Uh, that's pretty much it. that's our um, that's our process of um, our, our you know procedures in that. Key metrics that we have the key things that we keep track of our inventory levels. So again we use scan power, we look at our margin, we look at our return of investment all the time. I mean we look at it all the time. We look at our IPI score, never did didn't care until our inventory got. Um, limited <laughs> like everybody we had unlimited inventory forever and then all of a sudden it dipped down into the 400s And I couldn't turn it around like anybody else now We're over 500. We've been over 500 and It moves three points up and three points down it has um, so I think we're at 519 as of today as of this week uh, But we do have inventory lim- level limits and in some of the categories we never even come close But there's one category we went over and got the red uh, triangle Then it dropped back down, but now it's at a yellow triangle. When you get close, it's at a yellow level. Uh, Very, very, very hard to manage, um, and we got to get better at it. And so we're working on it. We're continually working on it. And how we work at it is we go to talk to other sellers who are really good. Um, I'm very fortunate. I have very good friends who are super, super, well, way better leaders than I, way just they develop people so much better and then those people know the details and even though my friends might say hey i don't know but let me let you talk to jim bob who knows exactly how to handle that and that that is so valuable and so those relationships just really help you um we do a cash flow plan so we know exactly how much we're able to spend we do a budget spend now they'll message me if they get to a particular location and say hey is there any spending limit i'm like no to spend it all. We're limited because of the vans that we have. We have two vans that we bought. Uh, one is a, an NV2500, 2500, Nissan 2500 high top. So it's it's a big van, one of those big vans, but then it's got the extra foot or two up above it, like a bubble on top. And man, you can fit, it. You can fit a lot of stuff in there. Love that van. Absolutely love it. And then we have a, what I call the little marshmallow, one of those little Nissan um, I don't know what it's called, but it's, it's, it's just a little, I call it a little marshmallow smaller van. Um, and we can, we're limited in what we can put in it, but man, it's just, it's such a great tool to have. And so I'm probably going to add another van this year, another big one. I wouldn't go small, but it is convenient to take garbage. It's convenient to take cardboard. It's convenient for the packages to the post office. Um, it's been great to have. Um, but, um, I'd like to, uh, to add another one but again we do cash flow projections Uh, we do buying projections cash flow budget so we know how much cash we have on hand because it's one of the hardest parts of this business Um, we get very high return percentage and I talked about how we manage our returns Uh, let's see expense control items so some of the things that if you're gonna have a warehouse you got to start thinking about is you got to buy toilet paper you got to buy paper towels you got to have Bathroom cleaning things. Now you got to sanitize everything, right? We have a Keurig machine. We have coffee. We have snacks for people. But I'm always watching ways to control our expenses. So I'll buy boxes in volume. Uh, So uh, right now I've been buying my boxes um, from um, uh, Uline. Uh, Jonathan Cleater has the best price. (laughs) And then Michelle Wentworth had a very, very good price, and I was able to quote her price to Uline, which is, which is way closer to me. And she paid less than I do, and she gets free shipping, and I can't. But they did negotiate, and they did give me a good price. And then I got a better price the second time when you start to buy volume. Now, Jonathan's smart enough to buy a huge volume, and he gets the best price that I've ever seen. But those are the kind of things that you want to work with. Or if you know Uline's doing the free shipping, I'm buying tape because we use 3-inch quiet tape, the $6 roll stuff, but we love it. I'm buying scale. I mean, it's expensive, but I'm buying it because I know I'm going to use it. And so we can do that because we have the space. So we really look for ways we can reduce those expenses. I also get free boxes from wherever I can. So a lot of eBay, for example, goes on priority mailboxes. Those are all free. That's easy stuff, right? But I had a friend, Rob, you know who you are, um, who's like, Steve, do you want some boxes? He bought this warehouse full of stuff. There were pallets of boxes. Well, I drove over and... For free and lost a day, but I got thousands of boxes that I use to this day. And so it's just for me, if I can save money on that stuff, I'm definitely doing it any way I can. Um, we do look at all our other expenses too. I look at all the um, utilities. Uh, we're looking for ways I'm forever turning down the heat, making sure that we manage it correctly, turning the lights off because utilities can get really expensive, especially in winter. Um, We're forever looking at ways of insulating things. Anything we can do to reduce down that cost. But the labor side, I don't cheat on. Um, We don't, you know, it's self-reported. We use Clockify to track our hours. Somebody gave me that advice, and it's a great system. So I can track the hours. I can track the jobs that they're working on because we do work for other clients. And it lets me see, you know, how strong um, that is for us. And that's been very helpful um and we can manage our costs there but that's the majority of our cost right cost of goods or labor right i think cost of goods let's say if our cost of goods is 35% our labor our labor you know as a percentage is the next highest percent and then rent which i have a pretty good lease so i'm good on that um and then we just keep our other expenses low so you know really want to monitor that set a budget we do a budget every year we manage against it and most of the expenses are pretty predictable some are variable you buy more product you're going to have more expense but it's you know it matches usually goal planning so again we do a budget we do a cash flow budget um our labor hour budget is you know we know how many employees we have we know what the rate of pay is we know how many weeks there are guess what we know that's our budget that's the math so we do have a labor hour budget um and then pre- preliminary profit planning we look at our profit um based on that budget and we try to marry up to it. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's worse. And matter of fact, I was looking this morning at a report. And one particular week in November, we lost money on our inventory in Amazon. And our return percentage that week was huge. And what it is, is Amazon was behind in their stuff. And then they all of a sudden caught up and whack you with it. Now, the other weeks look better but when you look at it overall, it made sense, but it was just that particular week didn't look good. And so, you know, how do I prevent that? Is there anything I can do? Or, you know, if I didn't miss it, if I use those better weeks and then live with that, and then all of a sudden was surprised, it's material. When you're up in the, you know, when you're in that seven figure range, I mean, it's it's material, you know, that stuff adds up. So really important. So that's our planning. Okay, let's see. I have, I think only one more section. Oh two more sections so my last is going to be life balance tips but before then one of the things I want to talk about are big big changes in our business this year so big change in our business so I guess it was March we get notified from Amazon that our account was suspended first time now we've been FBA forever at the same time COVID hits and they won't let you send an inventory we had just spent $35,000 on inventory sitting there on a credit card now i think that's the devil, and here I am doing it. We had the money, but that's all the money we had at that point. And so we were like, uh-oh, what do we do? So I laid off. We had one full-time employee, and we had one guy we were trying, but he only wanted to be here temporary. We laid him off. So we laid two guys off, took a big pay cut myself, my wife, and my son. We all took pay cuts, big pay cuts, and survived. Now, we were, we were, were. our Amazon account was only shut down for several days, but we couldn't send inventory in. And so the one guy I laid off, um, he was back to work, I think, in 10 days. We brought him back almost immediately. And then the other guy, we helped him get a job with someone else, uh, which is better suited for him. And that worked out. So we kept that other guy, even though we weren't allowed to send an inventory, we just worked on the other parts of our business that I talked about. Now, what also happened in that time, we picked up another big client and blah, blah, blah. And it really, it shored up our business. Um, That was a wake-up call. That was a scary wake-up call. Um, and I don't want that in my life again. So we're really careful. We've really built up cash on the side. So we keep a cash account, um, for how much money for the business. So we can afford, um, to keep us going for a long period of time. As I talked about in the beginning of the podcast, We have two-thirds of their wages covered now, and there's nine of us. Two-thirds of it covered uh, with just that foundation stuff. The rest, my wife and I will fund, and we can have that money set aside. We can fund it for quite a long time, so if we had to. So that was a big fundamental change for us. Big wake-up call. Um, Other big changes we made, I mentioned computers. We invested $10,000 in new computers for speed and just so people can do their job. We bought the two vans this year. That was 20 some odd thousand. And we pay cash for everything. Not bragging, but we just don't want to borrow money. Don't want any, you know, we have to close and sell everything. We, you know, it is what it is, but we don't have to owe anybody. Um, what are the big, uh, bought that pallet shrink wrapping machine. If you ship by the pallet, we ship by the pallet every single week. And we now wrap inventory for some clients when it comes in because there's so many different SKUs. We can wrap it, mark it on the outside what it is when we store it so we can age it correctly because you want to use, um, you know, you want the first in, first out. Um, that pallet wrapping machine has been one of the best investments. Um, it was five grand new they paid a few years. They were downsizing their uh, warehouse. So these I found it on Facebook Marketplace and ended up getting it for 1800 bucks. Had to go get it, had to take it apart, bring it home, had to put it together. Now, fortunately, we have a foot. This thing weighs five or 600 pounds. But I'm telling you, it is life-saving. You can. It's just so efficient. We can't wrap stuff as well um, as what this machine does. We had the hand wrapping. We'd never been able to do it, and it's just been such a good investment. But I waited a long time. I've been watching for one, and I'm patient to watch it took that money and invested it. Um, And it's been a a really big payoff for us. Again, that makes the job easier. One person can do it rather than several. Getting dizzy, trying to wrap the pallet, doesn't do it as well. This now is consistent. Anybody who uses it, it's consistent. And that's what I'm looking for in our business. So that's been a big fundamental change for our business. Lastly, I would say it's really paying more attention for planning. Um, We're really focused on growth this year. We think we can double next year, um, which is significant for us. Um, and we're fortunate because I really believe that if we didn't grow, we would have went out of business almost. We would have had to shrink down, go get a job, um, and then, you know, maybe just sell on the side to make extra money. Now we're fortunate, um, you know, our kids are gone where we have grandkids, so we can afford it. Um, we can, we can afford to live. And I would say that that's what leads me into the last part of this podcast, um, is our life balance tips, um. We have a gym in our warehouse. We actually do. We have uh, weights and we have a bag and I just bought a huge gym machine. Um, I'll probably put some pictures in uh, in the future um, because a lot of I have a lot of younger employees. They want to use it. And I'm like, yeah, of course, that's fine. And it really makes them to feel part of the place. Again, it's a work perk. They call them, they call them work perks. When they take stuff, they call it work perks. Um, but I think it's really important. And so for us, the more they feel like they want to be here. I think it's a better, better um, relationship. I'm forever asking, what else do they need? Computer problems? Boom. Let's get new computers. Let's take away that excuse. The Vans, let's do that. Let's put up a backup camera. Um, I just put uh, Hudley wireless chargers in our Vans. So you can put your cell phone in there so you don't have to hold it in your hand um, and it can charge, you know. Uh, anything else I can do to improve, to make their job easier. New chairs. We got all new chairs for everybody. Putting carpet in the office that kind of stuff. The bathroom's really important. Uh, Friday lunches. Um, again, we're trying to make things better for them so they then, too, can have a better environment. So to me, you know, happier employee, employees is, is a life balance thing. That helps us. Um, relationships. I'm forever working on my relationship. I'm so fortunate. I have such a good group of friends that I'm in touch with. I miss the conferences. I miss talking to people because I love to talk, as you know. Um, but, you know life has happened, you know, uh, it's the reason I haven't had a podcast for a while. Life has happened. We grew we, we had to grow and, and we've added a whole bunch of people and I didn't want to, something had to give. And so that's why the podcast, I had to stop it for a while just because it was just, it's overwhelming. Um, but now, uh, I'm fortunate that I've built up these relationships that have helped us and really helped us get to where we are that I can now spend that time. So relationships are key. Um, health, Um, Not been exercising too much still stay on my keto thing, but i'm forever working on my mental health working on different ways to improve uh, my my family relationships my uh, My like I said relationships with our staff and relationships with my friends Hard in these times with covid, but i'm working at it forever because I just want to be a better person and help other people so Last question is how much is too much? You know, how much is too much is a, is a relative question. You know, um, was I just listening to Mr. Money Mustache? It was a Tim Ferriss interview of Mr. Money Mustache. And he was talking about how his friends used to think they had to have $10 million to retire um, at 30000 a year. And he showed them the math, and it was a lot less than that. And that's what they wanted. I don't know if that's enough. I go to my—wait till you hear the 78-year-old who kills it every single day, seven days a week— but he is one of the most healthy, well-rounded people I've ever met in my life who loves what he does and says, Steve, the only reason I'm still alive is because of what I'm able to do. I do what I love because I've designed my life that way. Man, that's something to admire. So how much is enough is relative. Uh, We've been very fortunate. We've made a bunch of good decisions in a row. Not every decision was good, but we've made a bunch of them in a row. That's given us a pretty good place to be right now. And we hope it continues. So for us right now, that's enough. Um, And we're working hard to grow. But I'm really working hard to make sure that we bring everyone along with us. And I think that's my final piece of advice. Just don't forget the people that have helped you get there. Make sure you help others because somebody helped you. So that's this 50-plus years of selling. This is the 55-year-old Maybe I might do more than 155 year old um, but that's me. That's how I got here. That's how we uh, are doing. That's how we do things, and we've been very, very fortunate. I hope you get some value from this. Please message me, uh, PM me if you have questions, you want more answers, you want to go deeper on any subject, I'm willing to do it. I'm here to help you. But I'm also looking for people to interview. So if you have an interesting story, I love a story. Um, If you have somebody you want to recommend, please send me a note. Um, I'd love to talk with them. Um, No strings. This is kind of the format. It's not a bragging opportunity. It's a time to talk through some of the things that are working and some of the things that aren't so you can help others. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. So that's the story. Um, So if you would be interested in coming on my show, reach out to me. Send me a private note or if you know somebody who you'd be interested in hearing about um, and Again, I'm, I'm really trying to do this this 50-plus years of selling, really trying to look at some structure, maybe organize a little structure to your business. And I'm open to anybody who wants to constructively give us advice on what we should be doing different, I'm 100% in. Um, because my goal, I spent on the phone with Dan Wentworth last night for almost an hour, my goal is to develop people as well as Dan does. Um, he's the master of it, and so I'm going to get better at it. And I'm really excited about that, and I think that if I can develop – the people that work for us um more um so they'll be more successful we will too just by uh, just by that so ecommercemomentum.com ecommercemomentum.com take care thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast all the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number please remember to subscribe and like us on itunes